0: What is up, you guys, and welcome to the Beneath the Armor podcast, where we discuss what goes on beneath the metaphorical armor we put on every single day to mask as typical functional humans when really we are all just big weirdos deep down inside. We talk about mental health, how we really feel, we get into the nitty-gritty feelings of what it means to be a human being. So thank you so much for being here on today's episode. I'm excited to have you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beneath the Armor Armor podcast. I can't speak today. This is, that's pretty much a summary of where we're at today on today's episode. (laughs) I'm incredibly excited for today. And this is going to be some real shit, just so you guys are prepared. The energy of this podcast is to lay the stage Um, you've had a day and you need some lighthearted entertainment that's super relatable, doesn't make you feel like you need to do more things or be more productive in any kind of way. This is a lay on the floor podcast. This is a give up your day is done. It's time to quit podcast. (laughs) So I am on with Kaylee Walker I am so pumped about this and for those of you who don't know Kaylee is actually one of my coaches Kaylee is a coach who coaches with me at ABH movement and she is just the most spectacular human we are soul sisters from other beings whatever that phrase is again who cares but I am wearing a paint smock while being on here and Kaylee has a blanket up to her chin and we are just vibing at like the low 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 frequency of a two out of ten and we're going to talk about injuries today we're going to talk about lying on the floor and modifying fitness to meet you where you're at as well as a bunch of other things so Kaylee is just like the queen of modifying workouts and relatable fitness it's so refreshing so Kaylee I'm so grateful to have you on here thank you so much for being here
1: I'm so excited to be on thanks for having me
0: this is such a party this is (laughs) this is gonna get real so to jump like right into it can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and your kind of backstory with fitness and uh how you got here like tell me about your backstory
1: so, without being too long-winded about my backstory, I was always a super athletic kid, but I was like never committed to any sport. I made my mom enroll me in something different every year just because I wanted to try it, and never liked anything. And then in high school, I started playing basketball, which I loved. Um, just for context for everybody, I'm six foot two, so I was really good at basketball. So I was like, hey, I'm good at this. Let's go. And then I started having some very serious knee injuries that meant I could not play sports anymore, which led to knee surgeries. Um, I was basically given the option of knee surgery or never do physical activity again. And when you're 15 and you hear that, you you really don't think you have a choice. So had knee surgeries, which led to now (laughs) chronic injuries for the last nine years. Um, and in that journey, I have tried pretty much everything but found a love. Um, the kind of first thing I found back that was enjoyable for me was CrossFit. And then it just became a, bit, became a bit too much. So now just functional movement is my life. Doing things that bring me joy and just trying to move my body almost every day is kind of where I'm at now. <laughs>
0: I want It Became a Bit Too Much to be the name of my autobiography because that is so relatable. I so appreciate that. Um, holy shit. What, what was it like being 15 and 15, just so young, and being told, so um, you have choices. You can never move again, basically. What was that like being told that at 15?
1: it was really weird because it it was a process of no one could really figure out what was going on with my knees they were basically just dislocating all the time and they just thought I grew too like grew too fast because I went from like I was always tall like I didn't go from five feet to six feet but (laughs) I grew like pretty quickly so they were just like oh just keep strengthening your quads you'll be fine and then obviously it wasn't fine and at the time like I did not really think of it because I'm kind of like go with the flow, do what I need to do, which obviously, you know, about me, but I was like, Oh, okay. I have to get surgery so I can do sports. Okay. Like it was just like looking back, I like had no
0: reaction, which is so weird. <laughs> That's like, what a great, I'm not, I don't want to label it as great, but like what a fascinating mindset, like that you're, that radical acceptance of just like, okay, I guess this is where we're at. And what was it like to go through surgery and then the recovery? Like, how did your mindset shift there? What was that experience like?
1: It was, so <laughs> I had my surgeries six months apart and the surgery is, was horrible in itself. Like I was basically, um, cause what they do is they move your patella and put it into place. So you basically lose all quad strength. So I couldn't put on my own pants. I couldn't shower by myself. I couldn't do anything. So also, remind, remember, I'm six foot two and my mom was putting my pants on for me. So she was doing that like scrunchy thing, like you do for your little child. But now I'm a giant. Oh my so God. So that part was really hard <laughs> because I am such an independent person. But I was super lucky. I had a, a physiotherapist who was amazing and like really, I'm so thankful for it, but also mad about it because now. Everyone in comparison, like doesn't compare and I can't find anyone as good as him, but he was just awesome and really worked with me. Um, I would say like the most disheartening part of the process was just like, I still to this day have knee pain and knee issues. And I don't think that was communicated well to me. Like it was just kind of like, oh yeah, you do this and you'll be fine. So I was really like ambitious for like the first two years after surgery. And then after that, I was like, okay, this just is what it is at this point.
0: That you touched on a few things there. I can't imagine how frustrating that must have been to kind of go through, first of all, like frustrating being one word for it, but the um, experience of being a 15 year old, like female, like a woman with your mom now dressing you like you're a toddler and helping you shower. (laughs) Like there's a certain amount of like that must feel like a little bit undermining and kind of just uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it feels like infantilizing. You're like, oh God, I'm trying to grow into an adult. That's a really t- like precarious tipping point of anyone's life. Your mom's dressing you. And in the meantime, you're kind of losing this like independent athleticism that you've been used to up until that point. And now it sounds like you've again come through with this radical acceptance of like, I guess this is where I'm at. But can you tell me a little bit more about what that journey looked like what feelings have you experienced going through this nine-year injury period like let's let's talk about it like that's what we're doing <laughs> let's here.
1: break it down yeah um, so when I had my surgeries the first time I like did anything to my knee I was 15 I didn't have surgery till I was uh 17 or, six, 17 or 16 so it was like a couple of years of like this weird purgatory of like like I dislocated my knee to dance like it wasn't just playing sports. It was, like, oh I was at a, at a, at a school day and then we had to call my mom and say, can you come get Kaylee? So like, it was like, I was just felt on edge the entire time. And then I was like, oh, I'm getting better. So I would still try out for basketball. I would be on the team. And then we'd be at like the tournament and I dislocate my knee. And um, one kind of like, not important tidbit, but a lot of people when they dislocate their knees, they kind of pop in back by themselves. Mine did not. So I had to go like to the hospital every time and go through that. So those years were really rocky. <laughs> wow. And just like being afraid of, cause they tell you it's one of those things, like the more you do it, the more it's gonna happen. And so it was like on edge. And then when I got the surgery, so excited, I'm like, this is gonna be life-changing. And then I got the surgery right before my first year of university. So that whole summer, me and my mom got real close right before I left so it's kind of like perfect timing um and then like at university I was determined like to keep strengthening keep going to the gym like I've always just wanted to work out and be fit but again just working within my limits and then um second year of university I just didn't do much I again with injuries I feel like you go in and out of phases of wanting to work on it and just being so fucking over it that you're like whatever, it's gonna hurt whether I do stuff or not. So right now I'm in a phase where I don't wanna do stuff and that's okay. So I just did nothing. And then um, in my fourth year, I joined uh, CrossFit YKD where I met you, you wonderful human. And that was kind of like the first thing that, I was like, this is kind of fun. Like this is getting me back into fitness. It was just a different vibe. I was living in Toronto with not tons of connections but emotionally, it was still, there's still stuff I can't do. There's always stuff I have to modify, but yeah, you just kind of get used to it. After so many years, it's like, you just kind of go in expecting to have to modify it to fit your needs, which is my new normal. So I don't even,
0: you're asking me and I don't even think about it. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that because it's like, I, I've had injuries, But my injuries, unlike yours by the sound of it, and like my different experience are like, I injured my lower back and I've injured my shoulder. And like, I was briefly in a cast on my right ankle. I broke my ankle on my first day at jujitsu, so funny. But everything (laughs) I've had has like been very, very acute. And for anyone listening to this who either is currently injured, has experienced an injury or has never experienced an injury, like good for you. I love that for you. injuries are so debilitating, especially when you you are an active person, you take pride in physical movement, like they're very challenging and they're very unique. Like, I really appreciate your story of saying like I've kind of come to this place of acceptance that like that is where I'm at that it is always going to bother me like a little bit I am going to have to modify and that's how and who I am like that's a really really unique mindset at least in my experience as a kinesiologist too because there's um I think a mindset in society that's like you are injured or go through this like life-changing thing and you want to get back to where you were that's the language you hear people use that's like well how do i get back to where i was before this whether it's an injury or otherwise it's you hear it all the time we'll lose the baby weight i want to get back to where i was before having a kid i want to get back to like my university, like body, mood, athleticism, whatever. I, I, oh, I wish I could go back to the good old days and I wish I could go back pre-injury. And I'm curious about your thoughts on this. Like how, what are your thoughts on injuries being another adversity we as humans just go through and maybe we never will be exactly the same as we were before. We are now a changed version of us. We've experienced these like differences. Like, what are your thoughts on that and how have you changed? I know it's a long time ago, but how have you changed since before that and now? Like, how have your views shifted?
1: I think especially in terms of injuries, in my mind now, I almost hope to never go back to where I was before injuries, especially after my, like, most recent injuries. I recently had a shoulder thing going on, don't really know what happened there. And then I actually tore my quad while hiking and all of these things kind of happen from imbalances and things that like for me, at least that I was ignoring. So now I'm like, I don't want to go back to how I was before these injuries. I want to be better so that these things don't happen again. But I think it just depends on the injury. So like acute things, I think it's like, you're not, you don't want to be the same. You want to kind of improve so that these things don't continue to happen. But with things that are more chronic, it's very much like, where am I now? What is my new normal? And what are the things that I can be excited about that like, this might seem so mundane, but kneeling is really hard for me because I have screws in my kneecaps basically. (laughs) So the other day I like went to kneel down on the ground. I was like, Hey, this actually doesn't feel too bad. I was like, that's amazing. So it's just like appreciating those little things. And I think like, as you go through again, I think acute and chronic are so different because of the time frame like obviously something acute doesn't give you tons of time to change dealing with this injury for nine years like I have definitely grown as a person and like especially when it comes to relating to other people with injuries because that feel like the feeling of feeling broken and like your body doesn't work like of course I have days where I about that but just like hearing other people talk about it I don't think it's people talk about enough and so I love being that person who's like dude it's okay I feel you it sucks but hey we're gonna we're gonna work on it and it's gonna be fine
0: I love that and I think that thank you for sharing that I think the um the mindset that you come to the table with is so 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 important in a coach and this is why I adore you not just as a human I'm biased I think you're wonderful but why I think you're an amazing amazing coach is you come to the table with this really, really refreshing energy that I have not experienced really ever in over a decade of coaching. And that is the lie on the floor, as we call it, mentality behind fitness, which is like, wherever you're at today, awesome. Like, if you want to push it, love that for you. If you don't, incredible, but like let's work with what you've got and how you're feeling and not try to be anything that we're not, not try to be more than we are. Like what good is that gonna do for any of us? That's so like it's debilitating before you even start. Uh and so if you if you were to give as a coach not advice but if you were to share something that might be helpful with anyone who's experiencing an injury right now, what would you say to them?
1: So one thing that I recently did is I made myself, it sucks because of these injuries, I, I can go to classes. I, it's just that at this point, there's so much that I have to modify that it's overwhelming for me to go. And it's that you look at it and you're like, wow, I can do one of these movements right now. And that just feels crappy. And of course, there's always things to modify. But I'm at, the, I'm, I'm at a point right now where I'm in my healing journey where I, I want to do what I want to do. And that just is what it is. <laughs> but I made myself a plan with just movements that I like. Each day is different. It includes like the annoying accessory work that you know you have to do that you don't really like, but you, you're going to do it. But then also things I love. And in that plan, there are no reps. So that means if I wake up uh, tomorrow and I feel like absolute garbage, if I do one of everything, that's perfect. I did something. I did the plan moving on. And it makes it like, seem so attainable to like work on your, my goal is to just be start moving my body again and get stronger. And now instead of being like, oh my gosh, I have to do an hour and a half of strength training. It's like, not ah, today. I don't really have to do that if I don't want to. And it can be a dangerous game playing with what you do and don't want to do um, which we've talked about, but just knowing yourself and knowing if it's like my body actually hurts, I need to rest, or I'm just having some brain fog today and maybe moving more would help, but I've really found like not having a forced (laughs) plan for myself has just been so nice and makes me get up every day and want to do it.
0: That's so wonderful. Like, oh my God. Imagine how many people needed to hear that just now or need to hear that listening to the podcast. Like, I I think of my experiences as like an athlete or a gym goer, like whoever, a human being at a gym and you show up at a gym. And again, to anyone who listens to this and you have experienced this or you haven't, to paint the picture, you go into a boutique, group class workout as the coach. And they have the workout up on the, I was going to say, I was going to say chalkboard because I was born in the 90s. <laughs> cool. On the whiteboard or on the screen as it would be. Um, and it's like 50 reps of whatever, 25 burpees, like 400 meter run. And I'm a, an athletic person. Like I do this for a living. And I would look at those workouts and be like, I have anxiety. Like, that would be my immediate reaction is like, I am a good athlete. Like, I am good at exercise. That's a skill I have. And this looks like a nightmare. Like, I just want to lie down right now. Am I going to do it? Absolutely. Because I have people-pleasing problems and perfectionism, so I'm going to show up and perform. But this is my nightmare. And imagine if you're someone who's experienced that. Like a quick little raise of hand to yourself if you're like, that's me. That's me at the gym every day. And you hear you, Haley, say, what if you just take out all the reps? Like, what if you just have a list of movements that are available options and you just do them or not? You do one or you do 50. Awesome. Love that for you. But you just go and then you stop and that's it. That is amazing. Like, what a game changing way of looking at fitness to make it accessible to everyone like that i think that's so so wonderful
1: and i found like i've actually surprised myself because i kind of i do like my i have a mobility set thanks to alex that i do before (laughs) i get into my uh whatever i'm doing that day and i'll be like okay i'll do like three sets of this and then around set three i'm like okay maybe i can do one more so it really lets you kind of play with that mental like you start the workout feeling away and that can change and that means your workout can change and that is perfect
0: oh like so refreshing so that's just that feels like relief for me (laughs) i'm like i love that (laughs) and um this is something you say in your classes all the time that you are so good at reminding your folks that anyone who comes to your class right at the beginning you're like if you want to lie on the floor Please do. That's amazing. I love that for you. And you're so good at saying that. And I've heard this feedback from people who take your classes. They're just like, I love that I can fully be myself with Kaylee. Like I can show up on the worst of days and it is a safe environment. So can you tell us a little bit more about like what that does for you and what it is like as a coach to, um, Change the lens of how we look at fitness like what does it mean to you to say lie on the floor because I that's something that I think, don't think many people have ever heard in a gym ever like
1: <laughs> I think it just gives people the freedom to be like okay whatever I'm feeling today it's okay to be here and like at the beginning of class like we always do a check-in and I'm always brutally honest with where I'm at like if I'm there and I've had like the worst day ever I'm just like guys I'm at like a two out of 10. And if I was looking at this workout right now, I would not want to do it. So if you're feeling the same, like, don't do it. Like lay on the ground, come as you please do what you want. Just listen to me talking. I call it like my one hour comedy show now. Like I just cog at you for an hour while you do some
0: fitness. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Stand up fitness. That is the best yeah. thing ever. What a great idea.
1: <sighs> yeah. But it's awesome because it's just so nice, especially I would say I'm like a medium fit person. Like I've always kind of been never been like elite, but I'm, I'm not like the least fit person I know, but it's nice at that level. It's nice. And it's not because you go in and you have that expectation for yourself where you're like, yeah, I'm pretty fit. And then you see the workout, like you described and you do it and you get wrecked and it's horrible. And then you're like, wow, I'm not fit. So it's like nice to give people the opportunity to do what they want. And within means. I'm always giving so many options, maybe sometimes too many options from movements just because I'm so excited, but it's awesome. And I hope that like people come to my side and can appreciate that fitness doesn't have to be hardcore and you must complete the workout or you suck.
0: <laughs> oh my God, completely. And thank you for saying that. Like, I think that bears repeating. What's like, I think, can you say that again? Actually, it's like, <laughs> well yeah did you know the exact words you just said i think i need to I think I
1: said, just, just be. if you don't complete the workout it doesn't mean you suck like if you don't finish
0: if you quit halfway through it's fine like do whatever that's a yes 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 to all of that like <laughs> if you don't complete the workout you don't suck like if showing up is the win if you do a single rep you have nailed it like you've done the thing that uh, is so wonderful and so validating for anyone out there, again, who wants to quit, who wants to quit, who goes to the gym, does the warm up, and then is like, fuck, I'm here. <laughs> I guess I have to do the thing. And there are some days where you show up and you're like, you know what, as you rightly said, where you show up, you didn't feel great, but then you change your mind as you go through and you're like, oh, I'm really glad I turned up today. This actually feels really great. I'm really happy with this. But there are equally days where you show up Really on fire, ready to go. And <laughs> that rapidly changes to like, actually, this feels like garbage. Why am I so slow? Why am I so out of shape? Why can't I do this? Everyone else is crushing it. I am a sloth of a human. Like <laughs> it's the inner dialogue is so, so, so challenging. And um I, I think we need more coaches like you who stand for this, like again, radical self-acceptance of just where you were at and you've won just by turning up. I think that's so beautiful. Um, how has the, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say, like, I think it really just depends on personality as well, because I know there's people who would hate me as a coach because they need that push and they want that mental push. But I, that is like, not what I, I want or need. And I know a lot of people as well who are like, I don't need to be pushed. Like I go, I'm there. I'm, I'm ready to do what I want to do. Please don't yell at me. And I've been yelled at by coaches and it's like, leave me alone. Like I'm doing my thing over here. Like, I don't, I don't need you to tell me to go faster. I'm going how I want to go.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's so important. You're so right. Like, thank you for bringing that up because there's this, um, Oh, you touch on such a beautiful point that again, in the fitness industry, there's kind of this outside of the yoga studio but (laughs) in the globo gym there's this notion that coaches are this like dictator militant drop and give me 20 screaming or authoritative bro with a six pack like drinking their muscle milk and it's like oh dear god this is awful and that like that needs to change that's a narrative that doesn't serve everyone you're totally right and in a world where like inactivity is a problem more people don't go to the gym more people don't work out than do how do we Not entice more people to come to the gym because it's not about the gym. It's just about movement. How do we promote more movement? And it's ultimately what you're doing that acceptance of like, imagine more people just said, Hey, we're going to teach you how to move. We're going to teach you the correct way to squat in a way that doesn't injure you as like professionals. We're going to teach you proper technique. But once you know the technique, you're good. You've got all the skills. I will just hold the space for you to do those skills if you so desire. That's so important.
1: Yeah, honestly, cuz that's basically all I do in my class. I I push people a little bit because I do think everyone needs that little bit of like not push but that weight looks a little bit light. Do you want to try to go up a little bit? No pressure, but I'm basically just there to help you move correctly and encourage you through an hour workout that you enjoy.
0: That's wonderful. And that little push is important too. like, again, that delicate balance of like offering the challenge, but not pushing the challenge. It's not, you have to take this option. It's offering up a food option. If someone's hungry, (laughs) like, it's like, Hey, do you want a snack? It's like, yeah, actually I'm kind of hungry. Like that's the energy, which is so, uh, so beautiful what were the hardest parts of being injured for you? Like what are, what are some of like the darkest injury thoughts you've had? Let's go down that cave of like why injuries are so hard because they're awful.
1: One thing that I really struggle, struggle with especially now having a partner who loves to be active and loves to do stuff is like, there's just some things that I am really uncomfortable doing. Like even just something as simple as going for a hike, I'm so worried still that I'm going to fall and trip. So it's just that and do something to my knee or whatever, but it's just that it's really hard to, once you get in that mindset of like, I can't do anything because of this injury to get out of it. So I've definitely had days where it's like, wow, I'm 24 and my body's already like this. How am I going to go on for the rest of my life dealing with this but then it's like you don't like it's gonna be okay like just because you can't do some things doesn't mean your life is over <laughs> but there are some days where it's just so upsetting especially because I think there's like some stigma around young people who have chronic injuries because the second I say to someone oh I like I can't do that I have bad knees They're like well you're so young so it's like those times those times are really dark for me because I'm like I don't I don't need to like tell you about my life, but I need you to trust me that I'm not doing this. Or like, I don't wanna do this activity. But I think like, it's almost it's weird because like I said, like when I was young and it was happening, I didn't really have any of those dark thoughts. It's almost been more, I wanna say recently, but more so now where I'm like, okay, it's been nine to 10 years. What, are, what is life gonna look like now? Is it gonna get worse? Luckily, like nothing has gotten worse but it's just like being okay with not being able to do things I would say has been like the dark spots
0: completely and again I really appreciate you sharing that with me and you touched on something that I didn't consider when we started having this conversation and when we've talked outside of this podcast that's like what it must be like for you and for other people who have a partner who's like super active or live in a setting where fitness like the aggressive kind of fitness is the norm (laughs) like how do you how do you navigate that how do you and like and your partner like not resolve that but I imagine that can create some turmoil and some feelings of social comparison how do you navigate that
1: it definitely does I think it's hard because they don't necessarily of course they don't understand what I'm going through so when I say like I'm in pain we need to stop or I don't feel comfortable going rock climbing because the angles of my knees are at is just uncomfortable, but it's just getting good at describing the situation and like having someone who is okay with that. And I was really insecure at the beginning of our relationship just because I was like, oh, we're going to break up because I can't do anything. And since we've just had to have a lot of hard conversations about like, well, are you okay if I do it go without you? Are, are your feelings going to be hurt? Like there's no, I don't think they have any expectations about me, but it's just like, it's almost, I'm being harder on myself. Cause I want to do these things. I want to spend that quality time doing the stuff that they love, because I think that's so important in relationships. And then I just get upset when I can't, but just having some, like having a partner who understands you is just super important. And they now know, like, I'm not saying no. I think a hard thing with injuries is it's like, are you just saying no because you don't want to do it and you have this excuse that you can use? Or are you saying no because you genuinely feel uncomfortable doing it? So there's just so, there's just so many things to unpack that like over time, it just all gets laid on the table. And we now have like pretty clear boundaries about like what we do together, and what we don't do together.
0: I appreciate that. And that's like, I really appreciate you saying that. And um, that it sounds like communication and trust are both really, really kind of important themes, both with yourself and with like the people directly involved with you. Because as you said, it's not something that like your partner or people on the outside will necessarily understand, whether it's people going oh, you're so young, how do you have knee injuries? Or if it's your partner going, well, like, can we do this activity and navigating it in terms of a relationship? Like those both require different amounts of like communication, but it sounds like it boils down to you trusting yourself and going, these are my needs. Whether you like them or believe them or not is a you problem. But I know my body, I know myself, and this is what's important to me and what I literally need, what I can do. This is what I can do. These are my abilities. And then the other part of that being the communication of, um, like if, if your partner or if someone else made an assumption or like, isn't communicating effectively or is not communicating period that you have the skills to articulate, Hey, because my knees are like this and these are my abilities, I am able to do this, I am not able to do this. And that is like, that requires immense vulnerability. And this is becoming more of a deeper philosophical conversation in my mind anyway, (laughs) that's not just pertaining to injuries, but about anything, it's communicating about yourself and your body and your autonomy. Like what, how did you learn to communicate that way? That's a loaded question.
1: Yeah, I will say like, especially with being injured, it really helps you to know your body. Like when I got back from the trip where I tore my quad, which was again, a trip with my partner, we planned five days of hiking. And on day one, I fell and injured myself. And I knew right away, like something wasn't good. They believed me, we still continued on with the trip. But when I got home, I was like, this is not, like, I know what knee pain is. This is my normal knee pain is, this is not it. So I do think that like, you do, you learn so much about your body from being injured and like having to navigate those things. And even when I hurt my shoulder, I was like, oh, this is not normal, like muscle pain. This is something else. And I think it honestly just takes time, which is kind of like a sneaky get out of it answer. But it's it's, it's true because, you know, when I was 15, I wouldn't have known how to communicate any of this. And just from, you know, talking to other people who have injuries, like going through so many, the the experiences I've gone through, it's just like, you just, it becomes the normal, right? Like it's what you do.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that. And I don't think that time is like a cop out of an answer in any way. I think it's so true. It's so real. And it's equally not just time, but something that you've clearly done that's so evident is it's self-reflection. It's actually reflecting on the, Reality that your situation has changed. And again, that level of like acceptance, because to give a tangible example, you are young numerically, whatever, who cares? But like my dad has had chronic aches and pains and injuries. My dad was a marathon runner and a competitive athlete, like when he was younger. And I've watched him over the span of, how old am I, Jesus Christ? I've watched him over the span of the last (laughs) 30 years, yes my god like maintain that same mindset though time has certainly passed and nothing has changed i'm i'm like that's a grandiose statement i'm probably generalizing some things have changed but not the way things have changed for you like when we have this conversation you are able to go yep yeah, i had this i had the surgery i have these injuries This is where my body's at. This is what works for me. This is what doesn't. This is how I communicate these things. It's hard sometimes, but my acceptance of it has made it easier and makes me more aware of what works for me and what doesn't. Because there's no point in hanging on to like, one day I could be in the NBA. And you're like, no, that's just not (laughs) realistic for me, actually. Like, LOL. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, but I, I do look at my dad and my dad is still very much the like, I could go to the NBA and I'm 56 years old and I've got knee problems or whatever, but there's a lack of acceptance that I've noticed with someone like him versus you in this conversation. And I wonder what creates that difference. So like, again, how was that something you were raised with? Were you raised in an environment that was kind of like, let's look at the reality of the situation or how did you, yeah. Can you tell me your thoughts on that? It's
1: funny because like in terms of like my reality as a kid, my mom was very much like you can do anything you set your mind to. Like I was always like a weird, not like a weird kid, but always kind of a weirdo. So like I always did my own thing anyway. Like I was never trying to live up to like any standard of anything. So I think I already just had a general acceptance of who I was so that when this happened, it was like, okay, this is just who I am now this is the new level of acceptance. I think it was just like, yeah, like I, my mom was like, you never cared what anyone was doing. You just wanted to do what you wanted to do. And like, even now with like great example of this is like fashion trends. My mom's always trying to get me on board and I'm like, no, I don't care. I'm going to wear my flannel and sweatpants and I don't care if I look stylish or not. I am who I am. And so I think it, that was just like instilled in me as a kid so that when these things happen, it's kind of just like, I don't have an identity crisis about it because that's kind of how it seems like it would happen. But this over time, this was like, okay, this is who I am now and let's get on with it. Like, there's no point in trying to pretend like I'm going to be able to go to school to play basketball. Like, it's just not happening.
0: Wow that like hit me on a different level. Like listening to that, I'm not going to lie because I was not raised with that kind of mindset. Like we've had conversations again, outside of this podcast about this, but I was, I was raised in an environment that was very much like athleticism is an identity. It is not a hobby. It's your identity. And, uh, like very much fitting in with society's norms of what is socially acceptable. Like you need to be fit. You need to look this way. You need to act this way to a certain degree. And so I'm really happy for you and really, really pleased to hear that. Like you were raised with this mentality that was like, yeah, whatever happens, like I am me and my ability to play basketball does not like, does not change who I am as a fundamental human. I am good enough regardless of my athletic abilities. And I think that is something that's so critical. And again, not discussed enough in society as a larger whole, is like, my dad's identity is wrapped up in his ability to lift weights and run and be a workhorse. A lot of his identity is like, I am a hard worker. I am athletic. If I'm not athletic, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And I think that's something that a lot of people are raised with or have been conditioned to believe right now is they go to gyms and they're injured and they think like, well, I better push through this pain and discomfort because if I can't do this workout, I'm not good enough. And if I have to ask for a modification then I'm going to be judged and the coach is going to think I'm stupid and I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be dumb. I don't want to let anyone down. I, I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be ashamed. Like and all of that is at the end of the day, tied to this self-worth and this self-acceptance. And wh- again, what you are doing is basically through fitness, saying who you are exactly as you are is enough. And let's explore who you are by just choosing the number of reps and the movement you would like to do, which is so important. Ah, oh. ah. Oh. <laughs> I think that. After you like came back,
1: I think another thing too is like, like thinking about your dad is like, I was never invested in one sport for like, you know, those kids who play hockey from the time they're four to the time they're like 24. I think that's a huge part of it for me because then that becomes who you are. That becomes your life. Like I said, I was that kid that did everything. So I was never really attached to any sport until later. And then that's when my injuries happened. So it's like, that excitement of finally finding something and the injuries kind of coincided. So there wasn't any identity. Like I was still like, oh, I'm an excellent basketball player. But I'm not like basketball has been my life. Like, what am I without it? It was very much like, it sucks. I wish I could play, but whatever. I'll just move on to the next thing like I always have. <laughs> oh my God, that reminded me so deeply
0: of like Ted La- Have you started watching Ted Lasso? No? I have watched it and finished it. Um, oh my god binge watched so good I think of Danny and it's like football is life football is life like that's the energy and I, <laughs> yeah. we're like uh, oh, fitness isn't life it's kind of this fun thing I do to sweat sometimes but like I don't know <laughs> I don't it feels I
1: hate it. it feels so weird like I'm having some like imposter syndrome being a coach because there's not a lot of people like me who are just like like I hopped on my personal training call this morning. I was like, Hey, by the way, like I can't do any movement today. Like my body is not okay. And then I was like, who do I think I am like trying to help other people? But then I'm like, you're the person they need to help them. But it's still like, right now it's this weird dynamic of, cause I'm not football is life. Like I'm very much like having a hard relationship with fitness. So like, I go to my classes and I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, this is just not my truth. you're going to do the workout I'm going to coach you and cheer you on and that's what it is but it's weird
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so different it is very different and it's so important and I as your friend as like the host of this podcast or whatever and like as a coach you work with I would like to tell you that like what you're doing is so needed and so necessary and so important and you are not a lesser coach or human or athlete and your abilities are not lesser than because you can't perform physically to the same degree as someone else like you have incredible knowledge of the body and the way you're able to teach someone how to move is so necessary like that I can talk you through how to do this. And that lead by example of I'm not able to move today. Like that's not for me. More people need to hear. They really, really do. I was just having this conversation with my trader friend yesterday too. Like right at the end, we went for a walk and we had just said to each other, like, so when are we going to go for like a walk again, like our coffee, this is so nice. And we were saying how, whenever we get together with our other coach or trainer friends, it's always to get together for a workout. It's like, let's go for a run. Let's go like lift weights. Let's go do a thing. And we're like, no, we can just hang out. Let's go for a drink. Like, let's go for lunch. Like, let's just sit and chat. And as a trainer, it, it is a part of like the identity that's perpetuated in the media is like, as a trainer, you must look a certain way. You must act a certain yeah. way. You must be fit. You must have six pack abs. You do your shake thing and whatever. And like, <laughs> it's, I know how I look. It doesn't go blind. I, I understand that like, I am muscular, but a part of my thing is like, I like working out because it's fun, but that is such a toxic portrayal in the media of what it means to be a personal trainer is that you have to look that way. So, you're you're a fucking fierce coach. Fierce. <laughs> <Thank> fierce. <you. laughs> oh gosh. Oh my goodness. Um this has been so wonderful. I am so deeply grateful for you in my life, just you as a human. I like to everyone who listens to this, Kaylee is my again just such an important human in my world. So I'm so grateful for you taking this time to be on here and talking about something so, so, so important because injuries are just like overlooked sometimes. And it's how to react and get back to where you were. And we are changing that narrative. So, uh, if anyone would like to follow and engage with Kaylee, I am going to shamelessly show about Kaylee for her because she doesn't <laughs> like talking about herself in this light. So you can follow Kaylee on social media. You're on uh, so Instagram and on Facebook, and it's Kaylee.abh movement, right? Perfect. Yep. Kaylee.abh movement on Instagram. And if you want to drop Kaylee an email, you're interested in chatting further with her about injuries, training, uh, or to book a call and literally just like, she is the best. It's <laughs> Kaylee C-A-L-E. E-I-G-H at abhmovement.com. So Kaylee, you are the fucking best. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. I so appreciate it. And if you have more topics you would like to hear about or want to learn more, you can find us at abhmovement.com, abhmovement on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, or hit us up in our Empath Movement Facebook group. Have an amazing day today and thank you so much again.